Hello, fellow pickers. My name is Mike Crafton. I'm coming to you from Redwoods of Northern California. And my name is Carl Mandrill. I'm coming to you from snowy Castle Rock, Colorado. Hey, buddy. What's happening? What's happening is that we haven't had a new show in like forever. And we got some explaining to do. Uh, sort of. Yeah, I think. Well, t- okay. So typically your average podcast lasts about 10 episodes and we hit that episode 10 mark and suddenly like we, we vanished. That's and it. so I think that there is some explaining to do. So, um, uh, yeah, is this, is this your fault? You think? <laughs> I am thankful that I have such a patient host. I gotta tell you what. Yeah. So we, what we hit that 10 episode episode, 10 episodes. And then we had a little chat about, you know, how we're doing, how we're feeling about the podcast. Right. And then, I got sick. I got so sick. Right. I was in bed for four days straight, man. I don't know if I don't know if you've ever been sick where you just can't get out of bed. It was horrible. And you're talking about like and you were actually should... like you had like a virus. You weren't just sick of the podcast. Yeah, I wasn't sick of our listeners. Okay. They're they're being nice to me. It was nothing like that. No, seriously sick. And then uh, I was on the couch. I finally dragged myself out of the couch for about the next two weeks. And then, I don't know if you've been following the news in California. Have you been keeping up with the California news? I have because it, yeah, because, uh, you know, it relates to, I mean, it really relates to everybody because it's going across the, the nation, across the world. But yeah, all those storms that you were hit, that were hitting you up in Northern California. So yeah, how does that, storms. how does that impact a podcast though? <laughs> well, the first one was we had an earthquake in my hometown here. I think it was a, I think it was a 7.1 or is in, is in the high sixes. But it was shallow, and I don't know if you know anything about earthquakes or the way they hit, but when the shallower they are, the, the worse they are, the more violent they are. And mm-hmm. so I work for the local power company up here, and it knocked all of our power out in the in my whole county. Mm. And when the earth moves like that, it pulls the gas lines apart. And so we had to leak survey 25,000 services. It was just... That was a full week of just working in an operation emergency center. And then okay. we had the the nine atmospheric rivers or bomb cyclones, whatever they're calling them, back to back to back. And it was 13 hours a day. It was 13 days straight. Had to go out of town, work out of a hotel for 13 days. It was just insane. You did not bring your podcast gear with you is what you're saying. I didn't. I wouldn't have had the mental capacity to <laughs> podcast afterwards anyways. <laughs> this doesn't take that much mental capacity, does it? Uh, yeah. Working with you, it sure does. Or uh, work, I guess okay. it should be the other way around. Working with me, it sure does. All right, Mike, man, I'm just, I'm happy that you're okay. I know I was just kind of joking about the whole, you know, bring your podcast gear along with you, but, uh, appreciate all you did for, for the folks that were, you know, out of power and in Northern California and beyond and all the hard work that you did, but I'm also happy that you're back. I'm happy that we can uh, continue the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I apologize to our listeners. I know we're growing a great audience. A couple of listeners actually reached out and asked us where we were at, so that's nice of them. Know, Thank you. Really Thank was. you so much. So we're back. So where we're at is we're back and we've got an awesome guest that is um, growing fast on YouTube. And uh, we got a character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Yeah. I've seen some of his videos. They're pretty great. I love watching them. We've got Will from Reseller Madness from uh, YouTube. And without further ado, here we go. 
All right, welcome, pickers. So today we have a special guest. We have a professional reseller and goofball YouTuber. So let's settle in and help me welcome some reseller madness. Welcome, Will. Reseller madness. How's, How's it going, it? Will? Hi, guys. Thrilled to be on your show. This is awesome. How you doing? Thanks for coming on. That's great. Good, man. We're great yeah. up here. Yeah. Yeah. Before we jump in, though, I just I wanted to um, tell you that I've got banned topics for this interview. All right. Sure. And it's not your fault. It's it's more our fault because when we went back and forth and prepping for this interview, there's some topics that came up and I'm like, no, 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 no. We can't talk about the Sacramento farmers market. And uh, we're not. We're, and then this question is not going to come up. At least I'm hoping not. Like, can you believe the weather in California these days? So, <laughs> Thank all right. You. We got two Californians here. So, um, so Mike, this is more of a rule for you. Are, are you in agreement? Oh, that takes out two of my topics right there, man. Okay. It's like half Too of the interview. Bad. Jeez. Right. Too bad. I'll see how I can do. You're just going to have to bleep me if I start talking about it. No big deal. Okay. All right. All Good right. question. You say Sacramento Farmer's Market because there's a couple. Is that Denios? Denios. You're, you're already banned. We've already, already talked this. about it. We, 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 <laughs> we literally just said that you're not allowed to do this. And then right away, right away. <laughs> Denios Farmer's were you, Market. Were you, was that like a real question or were you trying to test us in that rule? No, nah, there's actually a couple, believe it or not. Some okay. people love one and hate the other. Oh, okay. Nice. Right. I hate both of them for this interview, but happy to talk <laughs> afterwards about it. It's <laughs> great. We'll talk oh. about it afterwards. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into some of these questions, Will. So how would you describe your YouTube channel to somebody that's uh, new at picking? Ah, see, I'm a child of the 90s. I grew up with Nickelodeon, a lot of goofball TV shows on there. And I like mm -hmm. to think if Nickelodeon made a picking show, That'd probably be my show. That's my <laughs> goofball, funny, off the wall, unexpected for sure. Now okay. you wouldn't be talking idiot. about you wouldn't be talking about you sitting in a coffee cup going across the bottom of your screen, would you? That wouldn't be one. <laughs> that, that would be, be part of it. <laughs> I've got some great videos out there. I've been checking them out. Oh That's my funny. goodness! All yeah, right. my co-host is six inches tall. He's a little copy of me. He <laughs> lives in my coffee cup, and uh, he's a caffeine addict and eats everything in sight. All right. Well, I look forward to the video where where you're just kind of chatting away about a particular topic, and then slime comes down on your head. That's that's well, that'll be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Okay, so you seem very comfortable in front of the camera. I watched quite a few of your videos and you tend to poke fun at yourself in some certain situations. So what's the backstory there about that? Yeah. The, the comfort in front of the camera thing. I think the secret there is do about a hundred takes and throw 99 of them away. <laughs> um, but no, it comes with practice too. Honestly, I am not naturally good in front of the camera and it's just something that I'm working on little by little. Uh, next year, you'll probably see a difference in my stage presence. This year, I'm okay with where I'm at and just kind of moving forward with it. It's a process. Um, gotcha. I think you guys have been doing shows for a lot longer than me. Eh, someday, I'll probably be about as comfortable as you guys are. Um, <laughs> nice. Wait. Okay. So, so you're saying? I mean, that's like a very nice and humble answer. But what you're saying is like you really don't have experience whether it's acting or any sort of stage presence or anything no really? no i have a film degree i was behind the camera the whole time mm -hmm. i was never in front of okay. the camera for any meaningful amount of time uh, i've got wow. a couple credits on imdb okay. for a little this and that but no actually uh -huh. i always didn't see myself with a, a lens pointing at me this is a new development 
Oh, cool. Well, okay. Well, impressive then, because for me, yeah, I'm still not in, like come from front of the camera, and so I have to do like you're saying a lot of the takes as well. But okay, you're you're, you're kind of like dropping us little nuggets here. What what do you got on IMDb? Uh, let's see. I've got a couple little horror films that I helped out on set for one of them. One of them never even credited me in the credits. They promised me the whole, Oh yeah, yeah. We'll help you. We'll help you. And eventually all I got was IMDb credit, but uh, I did makeup for a zombie movie. I did um, some grip work and uh, we did a international film that ended up doing like a student film circuit all around the film festival and such in Japan with Japanese actors oh. and an American film crew. It was an international cooperation to make a movie that could do the film wow, fest circuit. That's pretty cool. So the, this mm. horror movie or this horror TV show wouldn't be The Walking Dead, would it? <laughs> no, nothing okay. quite so exciting. It was Fading of the Cries, which was, um, gosh, the concept was an, some sort of ninja goes against uh, witches who raises an army of zombies. It's as wild yeah, as okay. it sounds. And the other one was Feast 3. Please don't watch it. Okay, don't. Just, just okay. skip no, that that's one. Great. That's very impressive. You can find me on IMDb, though. It's very impressive. I've, all, all right, I've always been behind the scenes also in the tech, you know, running the camera, setting up equipment, stuff like that, too. So it's pretty neat for me to also. Not now, man. Not now. You're working the camera. trying uh-huh. to work on those shorts. Yeah. You know, I've got a couple scripts written out that I want to play out and get some recorded, so... We'll see how that goes. How the tables have turned, Mike. <laughs> hey, so when you're if you're doing like zombie makeup, are you like did you ever get nightmares from the movie that you're making? No, no, actually I never had a okay. single film set dream. Not one. I dream oh, I dream about school. That's not fun. But, okay. but yeah. No, no nightmares. Uh the fun thing is that special effects work with all the people that are doing the masks and the makeup and trying to make everything scary and putting blood on stuff. They're all really sweet people in my experience. They're really nice and fun to work with, even though you're making this, you know, scary scene. Great people to work with. So uh, when you're working on that sort of film, fear is not really a part of it. It's more creativity and fun. You're friendly, so you really don't want to eat my brains. That's That's good to know as you're putting makeup on them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's interesting. All right, so... If you've seen any of the episodes before, you know that we like to hear the awkward and funny stories about reselling and sourcing. Do you have any uh, any any interesting stories that you could share with us while you're outsourcing? You know, there's a problem with this. And the most interesting ones happened at this magical place that starts with a D that I can't say. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's banned. Disneyland. No, honestly, though, yeah. we're... Um, when I go to a yard sale, I'm probably the oddball thing that happens to people. I'm the walking goofball <laughs> encounter. When I when I show up at your yard sale, oh. wearing this and asking if you got any video games, <laughs> that's already the crazy thing going on. Oh my gosh! I love nice. I love doing something memorable at a yard sale that's going to get yeah. people to interact with me. Okay. Um, meeting the sellers is fantastic. And uh, so I will, mm-hmm. I'll do goofball stuff like that so I can start a conversation. I'll have them talk to me. I had one lady mm-hmm. point at me from way down the block and yell, that guy's a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> and it made my day. Coming. It made my day. You yeah. know what I told her? That's I great. said, how could you tell? <laughs> oh my gosh. 
<laughs> You've uh, got a fantastic yeah. personality, man. I'd love to go garage. When she when you. she accused you of that, I, I imagine you've got like a whole closet full of like various hats. Did you were you wearing a hat made of like like knuckles? <laughs> Guilty. <Okay>. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so like like you're walking up with a fun hat on and and for those that couldn't see, like like what what is that? It was like a little squid hat? That was a squid. This is a squid. He, hat. he had like a light, it's like a neon blue squid hat crazy. with googly eyes on it that he put on his head for the mm-hmm. audio listeners. And anyway, so you're walking up, so you're rolling up to this person. Like, would they like? Have you ever bought anything from somebody that maybe wasn't out at the sale, but because you broke the ice with being goofy, like they they felt comfortable, they're inviting you to their house or showing you something that maybe they're like, maybe you might want something like this. That's very insightful. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Some kind of meaningful interaction with the sellers often does segue into, uh, I'll ask them, what else you got? You got any video games maybe sitting in a closet that you didn't bring out? Old toys, you got any of that stuff? Um, Mm -hmm. Starbucks mugs, Starbucks tumblers, you got Mm -hmm. any of those? And they'll think for a second, go, no, no, no. And I'll just pause and I'll wait. And I'll say, well, sometimes people have them in a closet and they forgot about them. And they'll go... I actually do. I do. Right. Yeah, come check this out. Right. That's so funny. Yeah. You can turn a no into a yes, That's great. which is really I've magic. watched Carl do that before at a yard sale, too. He's like, hey, you guys got anything in the house? Anything else you want to sell? And they bring them out. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's an awesome tactic. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times they haven't thought ahead about what they want to price it at, too. So you can get mm-hmm. some amazing deals if you do ask. Right. Uh, the stuff that's out on the tables, they'll go, oh, yeah, I already know. I want a dollar for this. I want 10 for that. I want 100 for that. Right. But if right. if they kind of bring something unexpectedly, they haven't premeditated a price on that. And there's a lot more uh, ability to negotiate and haggle. Mm-hmm. Right. Interesting. Cool. All right. So you, you just mentioned that you are... Um, like one of the things you're looking for are video games, and I know some of your um, your YouTube shorts and some of your things on your YouTube channel feature video game expertise. So I've got a challenge for you. Oh my goodness! Here we go. <laughs> yeah. So here's so I so these are so I've sold some video game stuff myself in the last few months, and so I want to see if you can rank the following sales that I made um, from the sale that was the most money to the least money with these video game sort of system setups. All right. Oh, now we're talking. Oh, man. We'll find out if I actually know what I think I know. Real quick, do you mind? Can I sweeten this a little bit? Any (laughs) viewers, any viewers that are listening to this and who are able to do as good or better than me, I want to make an offer. I want to give some of my promo stickers out to you. Just send me a message on Instagram and say, I beat you. And I'll send it. Dude, that's wow. Wow. I like that. I like that. And if, and if you're just listening, like he's got, those are some pretty cool stickers right there. What is, it says reseller madness. And what, what, what you got in the sticker there? It looks like, um, not really. It looks like it's, yeah. yeah. I like that font right there. It's kind of got some yellow and orange and it's a fun font. So thank you. All right. Deal. That's a deal. Right, so here's the question. So, uh, or here are, the, here are the options here. All right. So I sold a broken original Nintendo NES with 24 games. All right. None of the games were um, like, you know, Mario games yeah. or like Zelda games. They were all kind of like your typical, if you were to sell them individually, probably like $5 games. But, you know, packaged together, they're not sure. worth that much, obviously, but that was one. The Nintendo like had that 72 pin replacement for those of you that are Nintendo nerds like myself, um, but it wasn't, it still wasn't reading right. So it could have been like user error on my part there. 
That's one. Next one is TurboGrafx-16, if you remember that one. Uh, that was console only as nice. is. As is, console only. Not sure if it's working or not. And then the third one is a uh, working, working Nintendo 64 with one game and two controllers. The game was Mario 64. There was a OEM authentic controller and one that was off-brand. But uh, all was working. So what you got? All right. All right. I'm not going to cheat. I'm not going to Google any of it. Here's here's what I'm thinking. I think your N64 probably did the best. Okay. I think your Turbo Graphics was close behind. Okay. And the NES came up in last, but probably not by too far. I think we're all most of this is probably sitting in the one to two hundred dollar range. Uh, the last thing you said is pretty close, except for the Turbo Graphics 16. That was actually the last place that was um, in the seventy five dollar range. Because, ah, yeah, okay. Didn't... Yeah, so you got the first one right though. It was the Nintendo sixty four that was correct, and then the and then it was the broken Nintendo and so on. So close. Sweet. You did good. Close. You did. You did good on those. Man. Good sale. Yeah, thanks. To, good sale. I need to step up my game on the video games. You guys are blowing me out of the water. I have no <laughs> idea what all that meant. <laughs> I couldn't even tell That's you. That's funny. Um, but yeah, it, your last comment. Very the fact that you know the the general pricing. Like obviously, you know what you're talking about. So good job. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you still beat me. You still stumped me a little bit. If any of the viewers stumped me too, remember, send me that message. You'll get your sticker. <laughs> if you went three for three, basically, nice. yeah, you won right there. So since you are, yeah, so you're making a lot of videos. You've got, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of, you know, multiple YouTube shorts a week. I've got a question for you. Which of the following videos are you most likely to make? And I've got three options. And you can pick more than one. If, if you're digging these videos, you can, you can pick more than one. So... So option number one is how to haggle with irrational people. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Option two is called uh, Sacramento Farmer's Market, a documentary. (laughs) (laughs) Option three, stop buying video games at garage sales. I want them all. (laughs) (laughs) These are great. Oh my goodness, Carl. Thank you, thank you. Ah, uh, so you you came up with all three of those? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm the ideas guy. I'm not always the follow through is... guy. <laughs> Holy moly, those are good. I love it. All right, so I did yeah. make a video on negotiation already, and some of it covered irrational or uh, helped to decode some of the things that sounded irrational. I like mm-hmm. that, and that's very much mm-hmm. like what I already wait. Do you have do. a solution in that video? Like how? Like okay, this, there's obviously multiple types of irrational people. One example is Mm -hmm. I'm selling something for more than it costs new at the store and I'm not budgeting. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So like, (laughs) give us, give us some advice here. There's some that are just no win situations. If you are truly in fact, not budging, Mm -hmm. then usually I can't uh, argue you out of it. Okay. Uh, Value is subjective and different value to different people can have very different price, um, uh, set, uh, price, points. Uh, however, most people are willing to budge. And a lot of times it's not an argument that gets them there. It's actually, remember how I talked about uh, interactions with people to begin with? A lot of times mm-hmm. it's groundwork that will get you there. Mm-hmm. You get someone to tell you what they value. And so they may value getting their space back. They may value their time. They may value their freedom. They may value uh, ease of sales. They just want the stuff gone with minimal hassle. And talking to them gets you to, fig- gets you to the point where you understand the value they want 
so you can offer it to them. Mm. They'll say, man, I'm so tired mm. of this sale. I just want it gone. Okay, how much for this? $10. I say, well, how about this? You want all your stuff mm. gone? You just, you're tired of it? You want to pack up? How much do you think you're going to make today? I don't know, maybe another hundred bucks. How about I give you 75 and I'll take all of it? Right, right. Now you just offered oh, them the value they wanted and you got a fantastic deal. Who knows how much value there was in that 75 yeah. bucks that you just offered? Right. Um, but in the right. situation where you're trying to buy just one item and they are really stuck to a value on that, uh, sometimes it's better to just say, I'm out of here. Thanks anyway. Yeah, it's worth more to you than it is to me. Bye. Yeah. So um, you're not pulling out your phone showing them right. stuff then. Like here's what no, it's worth. No, no. Okay. If you're arguing price on something, you know, what it's supposed to be worth, you've mm -hmm. already lost uh, in my mind. Okay. It, that's never, ever worked out for me. And I do this a lot. Instead, another tactic that I do with those irrational people that won't budge on price in my mind, they'll eventually realize they were wrong. Mm. And I want me to be at the top of their mind when they realize that. Mm. And I say, here's my card. Give me a call at the end of the day when the stuff doesn't sell and I'll make you a good deal, but I can't pay what you're asking. Right, right. That's a yeah. good way to do it versus saying like, you're never going to sell it and then like running away. Like that's probably the worst way to do that, right? I've seen that. I've seen people do it. Okay. Uh, they didn't. They didn't end up with what they were hoping to get, which is they wanted to buy the item. Mm -hmm. it, it it was an action that led away from their goal instead of towards it. I like actions that lead toward the goal. So I'll give them the the business card with my phone number. Here, okay. call me. Wow. Uh, right. Another gotcha. one is, um, you say irrational people people that aren't sure they want to sell something. Right. That's one thing that I run away from because I've had them waste too much of my time and my time and attention is way too valuable for that. So if they say, yeah, I really want this gone or yeah, I'm selling this great. But if they say, I don't know if I really want to let it go, I'm kind of attached to, okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> I'm out. I'm not down for that. There's a guy that had, he had probably 600 bucks worth of PlayStation two stuff. Mm -hmm. And he took up two hours of my time waffling over whether he was going to sell it or not. And then didn't. Oh, and then he didn't. I scanned yeah. everything in there. I was making him competitive offers. I even kept raising my offers to try and nudge him over. Mm -hmm. In the end, he just decided, oh, I just I don't really want it to sell it after all. I'm done. Right. I even yeah. offered his asking price originally. Jeez. You said you wanted 300 for it. I'll give you 300. Nah, never mind. Yeah. So, so that's one oh, for wow. me that's a do not engage. Everything else is pretty much negotiable, which okay. is good. Okay. What about a corn leaf pattern Pyrex set at a Goodwill store? <laughs> How do you get away from something like that? <laughs> that you know, I'm just, I'm not a Pyrex uh, uh, expert, really. I look to uh, Pyrex Princess for a lot of that. She posts a lot of rare mm -hmm. stuff, which is really great. Right. But I wouldn't know the most valuable Pyrex ones if I just looked at it. I'd probably look it up on the spot. How about gotcha. you? Are you into Pyrex? Uh, I am into Pyrex quite a bit. Well, I'm getting more into it. It's kind of niching down into some stuff uh, just because I'm so bad with plates and silverware and all that kind of stuff. But the, mm. why, the reason why I brought that up is because one of your videos, yeah. you were in a thrift store and you had the, you picked up a piece of Pyrex <laughs> and it was listed for like 95 or it was, uh, uh, yeah, oh 90 my goodness. bucks. Whoosh, right over my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you... How do you deal with something like that in the thrift store? You kind of explained at yard sales, but when you're at a thrift store, do you mm -hmm. go up to them and you're like, you guys are paying market price. You guys are asking market prices for something at a thrift store. What are you doing? This is crazy. They were way over market value. It was maybe 75 <laughs> on eBay oh, shipped yeah? to Jeez. my door without me having to go out to a store and look at it. That's wild. Um, 
but yeah, you can right. thrift stores usually around here anyways, have a big old sign that says all price is final, mm -hmm. no haggling. You can't talk to us about price. We won't even, you know, they're very adamant about that in this area. Other places I've heard are better about yeah. it, mm -hmm. but here they, they don't want to do that. I still haggle with them though. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of a secret to it. Remember how I talked about mm. value, offering them what they actually want. There was a thrift store nearby that uh, they had a big old audio section and they had audio books on mm. CD. And oh. I knew I could do something with a bunch of them, but onesie twosies kind of was difficult. They wanted like two bucks a piece or three bucks a piece on these things. And uh, I said, you know what? I could buy them all and I could just spend like five minutes um, sourcing this and I would have a couple hundred bucks worth of inventory. Five minutes for that much is that's pretty great. Wow. So I walked up to the front and I said, Hey, I'd really like to make you a deal on a bunch of your audiobooks and just take, you know, the whole bookshelf worth of audiobooks mm -hmm. for you. Is there a manager who could talk to me about it? And they said, Well, the manager is busy. And I said, <laughs> Well, that's fine. I'm here. I'll wait for you. No problem. Yeah. And she goes, Oh, shoot. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I needed a better excuse. And the guy was walking past here and he goes, I'm the manager. What can I do for you? I said, hi, how's it going? My name's Will. Did you have the hat on when you were doing that? Was the hat on? <laughs> no, but I should have. That would be even better. That'd be amazing. I might try wearing the hat to stores and see what oh, happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. But no just my plain old regular outfit. And I, I said to the manager, I want to make your job really easy. You got that whole bunch of audiobooks back there. I said, there's some great ones. There's some not so great ones. I want to take them all. Mm. I want, I don't want to sort through. I don't want to look at all the CDs and make sure that none of them are scratched and come back to you and complain about it. I want to take them as is. I want to go without picking through and getting the good ones. I want to take the whole shelf worth of books. Mm -hmm. uh, will you make me a deal on this? And he goes, Huh. And I can see he's thinking about that because that's what the stores want. They want to move product quickly and they want no hassle. Mm, right. They just they want this stuff in and out and they get their money. Right. And he says, how much do you want? And I said, a buck a piece and I'll take every single one of mm -hmm. them. I said, and I counted it for you. There's, I don't remember, 50 here right. at mm -hmm. the time. And uh, he goes to the he looks at the lady that's at the register and says, do it. <laughs> nice. wow. Right underneath that sign that said no haggling. Right. <laughs> That's perfect. That's hilarious. So offer value. What I took out of that, offer value before you ask for value. Okay. And that that is how I get through difficult objections. Mm. That's some great advice. Yeah. That is good advice. Okay. You, so you've, you've thrown us a couple um, pieces of information here. So one of them is kind of pay attention to the, the audio books. Like, I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> yeah, you bought some that weren't definitely. worth anything just and, and kind of focus on the ones that were like, how do you, how do you know, or where did you get that knowledge or information about, you know, what's valuable, what's not? If you scan it in the Amazon app, you'll get a rough idea of what things are selling right. for. All the audiobooks have barcodes on the bottom, which makes it easy. <laughs> no, I love you barcodes. don't have to type it in. You don't have to talk to your phone and say, um, <laughs> Dean Kuntz, and then the name of the book uh -huh. and audiobook CD. No, you just scan it. Okay. Yep, done. Gotcha. So Amazon, you can sell a lot of audiobooks. eBay, similar kind of thing, but you can lot up unprofitable ones and make a profitable lot. Mm. So I can turn $5 worth of audiobooks into 50 bucks worth of audiobooks really easily by lotting them mm. up. But if I sold them onesie twosies, it probably wouldn't be worth the time. Right, right. right. It so takes what, forever too. I see what you're doing, okay. So what, uh, and then you mentioned the Starbucks mugs. I, I'm trying to think if I've come across them. I'm sure I have and just haven't paid attention. Like ballpark, how many, like what's the range of prices you can get for Starbucks mugs and tumblers? They, 
um, minimum you're going to see is about 15 bucks on any tumbler, and that's shipped. Uh -huh. So um, most of that will go to shipping because it's usually a pound or a little over a oh, pound. Oh, wow, okay. So watch out for the cheap ones, uh -huh. but the real expensive ones, you can go 150, 200 bucks. Okay. You know, wow. if, if you find the right one, gotcha. the mugs that have the, um, what's it called? Destination. Like around the world. Destination or, mugs. That one. Yep. That's the one. I've sold one or two of those and I got, I think 60 bucks for mine. It was one of the less rare destination okay. ones. There's some really good ones. If you keep your eyes okay. out, I, I will now I will for sure. So thank you. <laughs> I was collecting mm -hmm. those for a while and I had a bunch of overseas ones and then I threw them away and now I realized <sighs> that there were so much money. Oh, no. I know. I don't throw anything away anymore. It's all goes into a box until I research it. That's the, <laughs> the wise thing to do right there. <laughs> it is. It really is. Oh man. That reminds me, that reminds me a lot of my story of Pokemon cards way back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys know Pokemon cards yeah, already. Yeah, for sure. I had the original base set, not first edition, the base set, the 250 cards or something like that. It was complete, all the hollows, even a few extra hollows. Mm. And I bought them and the prices went up. And then all of a sudden it crashed. Right. Oh, it yeah. tanked. And I sold them off the whole set for like 35 bucks at a local flea market. That was a different one. That's not in Sacramento. <laughs> flea markets are okay. Was, We're okay with those. <laughs> this was, this was uh, Philadelphia around Philadelphia. There was a flea market okay. and I sold it off for 35 bucks. And if I had known and holding on to that, uh -huh. it would have been like 1500 bucks. Oh this last my year. gosh. I know. 1500 yeah. bucks. But like you, I got rid yeah. of it. Yeah. Way too early, way too wow. cheap. Jeez. That's like Pokemon Bitcoin um, right there. Gosh, yeah, man, exactly. yeah, for real. Okay, so I know that you've already like given us some tips and hints and clues, but um, but but we we're, we're hoping that you, you got a little more because we always like to ask our guests, can you give us like three of your best super secret tips mm -hmm. for flipping items, sourcing, just anything in in this genre basically yes yeah my number one tip that i give to everybody and it's worth saying three times i'll still give you two more but it's worth saying three times smile okay. Okay. smile smile when you go to the sales <laughs> smile when you go to the first shop smile when you go to the estate sales great advice smile and the reason that i'm i'm so big on this is because people forget to do it they're looking at the things mm -hmm. on the table and they're very intent and they're thinking about all this stuff and they hold it up and they go how about a dollar that <laughs> that's not negotiation <laughs> negotiation is a whole lot more in my mind like this you're looking at the table. You say, how's it going? You guys selling a lot as you're, you know, viewing the stuff, getting an idea. What do you want to buy? You uh -huh. say, uh, you guys had a lot of traffic. How's things going? And usually they'll start conversing with you more. And then as the conversation opens up, you say, I like this. This is cool. How about a buck? And they go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Smile okay. in order to get the best Smile. deals. Make friends. And are, and are you, do you try to throw the prices at them first or do you typically ah, prefer to wait to see what they get? That's say? a personality thing. If uh, if your personality okay. leads you to throw the, the first punch, if you will, to throw the initial mm -hmm. price out, mm -hmm. then um, definitely do that. Give it a try. Me, I usually, it's surprising when I'm making friends with these people, they just start with a low offer, which is great. Mm. So I don't tend to give a, a price initially. What are you asking on this is mm -hmm. much more common for me. Mm -hmm. And they'll say okay. five bucks and I'll say, I was thinking too, how about that? And they'll go, sure, okay. that's great. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> okay, I like your voice intonation there. I was thinking too. Like, I'm very positive. I'm smiling. Yeah, Why yeah. would you say no to me? Of course. Of course. <laughs> I want them to have a good time, and I'm having a good time too. And if the price doesn't come down the way I need it to, I'll ask about something else. Because sometimes that happens. No, oh, I, I can't let this go for $2. No. And I'll say, that's fine. Let me look for something else. Maybe there's something else in my price range. And they'll go, yeah, yeah. How about this for two mm. bucks? Okay, okay, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> How about if we bundle them for three bucks? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> bundles are magical. Yeah. That is, Sorry. shoot, let's right. make that number two. Bundles yeah. are amazing. Negotiating for a single okay. item is difficult, but I love putting them together, and I'll set the expectation uh -huh. early on. I'll say, you know what? I see a lot of stuff. I want to make a pile over here, and let's make a deal at the end. So I get them to agree to make a deal with me at the end, but I ask the price along the way. How much for this? A dollar. How much for this? Two dollars. How much for this? Three dollars. Okay, great. We're going to put it over here. And you can negotiate there on the price and say, two dollars. Um, okay, well, I want all four of these for three or all four of these for five, whatever it is. You're making your pile as you go and you're negotiating. And then at the end, when you have this big old pile, then you can say, okay, well, you're asking 40 can we do 35? Is that okay? And you're getting kind of a mm. second discount because they realized you're going to take a bunch of stuff. You can almost double dip. You don't want to be shady about it or anything, but you can negotiate that way. And sometimes they'll just say, no, I've already given you enough discounts. That's fine. No problem. Let's get this mm. for the price I've already negotiated for. Right. Um, right. So yeah, okay. bundles are magic. So bundles. And yeah. They actually work really well in selling too. I use them not just to buy, but also to sell. So if there's those unprofitable audiobooks from all the same author, put them together and sell them at a discount, oh, okay. right? I'm going to pay shipping one right. time instead of paying shipping five times on these audiobooks. So you can bundle right. them all together. You can save them some money when they buy it. And I'll still usually end up with more profit in my pocket because I sold them together. Yeah, you're bringing back some memories for me. We, uh, let's see, I think it was last summer. I found a camera that was like, I think it was like at the time I was like, I think this is a high end camera, like a high end video camera, but it like was, you know, kind of like broken where like the handles coming off and there was a sticker on it that said make an offer. And I was like, I don't know for sure, but it's like a Canon. So I'm pretty sure it's, it's valuable, even, even broken. And, uh, so I was like $5 and the guy's like, Pfft no i couldn't let it go for five dollars and i was like oh that was an offensive offer right there and <laughs> i felt really bad <laughs> and then he's like uh how about 10 i was like oh okay sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so but yeah That's so it's kind of like you know i'm not always willing to throw the first number out there but i think because i did in that case uh you know he like his expectation was he wasn't gonna get a lot of money for it so at 10 bucks it ended yeah. up being a steal so anyway, yeah, right. that kind of sparks memories That's there. That's awesome. That's All awesome. Right. And yeah. see, everybody's got a different approach to it, which is really wonderful. Uh, my way might, might not necessarily work for everybody. There's this guy, when I go to the yard sales in the area, you always see the same regulars. You see this guy that wants to buy all the records. You see that guy yeah. that wants to buy the watches. You see this guy that wants to buy all the weightlifting equipment. And I love this guy. Mm -hmm. I don't remember his name, but he's like probably six foot three in the way I'm remembering him anyway, 300 pounds of pure muscle. I mean, this guy is huge. He's the, he's the opposite of me. <laughs> I'm a little average and I'm scrawny. He's big and he's burly and he's got a beard going on. And he just marches right on up to the people at the yard sale and goes, got any weights, barbells? And 
And they go, <laughs> yeah, actually, I do. And so they bring him out for him, and he goes, how about five bucks? And they go, sure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's his way of negotiating. And if I tried it, I'd be laughed out of there. But this guy's successful yeah. because I see him driving around, and his car looks like it's riding a little low on the ground. <laughs> he got his weight. That's so I love funny. it. I hope I can find that guy again. Yeah. I'd love to put well, him on camera. <laughs> yeah oh for sure and, and i don't i mean there's definitely ways around it i don't think you'd be laughed out if you buy one of those like shirts that makes you look like you have bigger muscles and then put like a tight shirt over that <laughs> the and Superman then just like use your shirt. acting yeah. voice and just kind of roll up that way just just as you know oh, a thought wow. a strategy in case you want to try selling those things walk yeah. with confidence wow, i love it walk and with you know confidence. what i could almost see that happening on a nickelodeon show i you yeah might be right on there man <laughs> right and if I'm if I'm happen to be at the same That's sale, great. then and I, and I got a bucket of slime, I'll just kind of pour it right <laughs> on you as you're doing that. So, <laughs> all right, you got yeah one more right. one more of your super secret tips. One more super secret tip. Or do we um, do we cover all three? I think you had two, right? That's two. I only okay. gave you two. You're holding me to it. I like that. Uh, another super secret tip. I would say, sell what you know first and learn everything you see along the way. Mm. If you're into mm. trading cards sell cards first and then when you come across something else learn that niche because every time that i come across something that people are selling they've bought it somebody bought it originally mm -hmm. there's a market for that thing so i figure if it's worth somebody buying it's worth me learning to sell uh i've mm -hmm. found so many different collections i i bought up goodness i know absolutely nothing about vintage craft paints when i started not a single thing about it i didn't know that there was such a thing as toll i didn't know people painted on fabric i didn't know any of this stuff but i ended up at an estate sale where there was somebody who distributed this stuff and they um, passed away and the family just wanted it all gone as quick as possible mm -hmm. so i walk into this uh, garage full of vintage craft painting stuff and I said, you know what? Let's just make a deal for as much as I can possibly fit in my car. Let's do it. And along the way, I learned, okay, this paint is going for this much. Mm -hmm. That's out of uh, print. These aren't being made anymore since the 1970s. Mm -hmm. This brush over here is particularly valuable. And these pictures are desired all across the entire world because everybody wants to paint them. Mm -hmm. So I learned that niche, even though that was not what I did. I did video games, but I stumbled across it made some deals and have learned to sell it since that's awesome. Sell what that's you know amazing. first. Yeah. Learn everything along the way. Okay. And it's been a very profitable deal. I, I came home and I told my wife, hun, trust me. Right. She goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, I just bought $3,200 worth of vintage craft stuff. Oh my gosh. 3,200. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, doubled or tripled for us. Ah, oh, that's amazing. What? That's, That's amazing, amazing, yeah. So was her reaction as good as ours that we just had? <laughs> she's, or was it a little, little bit different? She's very even keel. So she actually, she does trust me. She knows if I spend the money, it's because I know it's a calculated risk. We'll make the money back and then some. Okay. Yeah, I think it, I mean, you got a YouTube channel, man. So of course she's going to trust you, right? Like, like you know, <laughs> if anybody <laughs> knows what they're doing Come in on. this case, like, you know, I, I'm sure you've made some purchases that weren't perfect or you took losses or couldn't sell them. But if mm -hmm. you're, you know, if you're going to spend that much money, chances are you got a pretty good chance that you're going to turn a profit at the, at the least, I would guess. I would feel Absolutely. comfortable. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Here's the thing. I'm not afraid of losing money because I know I can make that back really easily. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid of losing time. Right. And I did, 
I lost a lot of time on, there was one deal that I made where I bought a bunch of vintage train stuff. Mm. This is where learning a new niche goes wrong. I jumped in with both feet mm. and I bought all this vintage train stuff really cheap, 50 bucks for a carload, mm -hmm. 50 bucks. And it was Lionel, it was American mm. Flyer, it was all these brand, brand yeah. names I was excited about from yeah. a train collector. And I figured I'll figure it out once I get oh, it home. Yeah. And half uh -huh. the stuff was not marked. It was all mixed together, different uh, sizes. They have different size trains. They got little guys, big guys, medium, yeah. and they're all different scales. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was all mixed together and jumbled. I spent a year, gosh, a year working on this vintage train stuff, trying to sort it out. And I think I made a couple hundred bucks. Ah, uh, okay. I lost so much time and I learned from that mistake. Yeah. I will not repeat that one again. Right, um, right. It's much better. Buying from a collector too, you're probably buying his uh, cast-offs that he doesn't want, right? That's not selling for him. Mm. That's dangerous. It was an estate sale. He was a collector, but the family took the good stuff uh, and moved it over uh, there yeah. and right. left this stuff for me to get. Anyways, point being, uh, money is not what I'm afraid of losing. It's time. Okay. I want to make sure that I earn a good return on my time. Trains didn't work out. Vintage craft paints did. <laughs> That's good. Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Those are great tips. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Hopefully uh, a listener will hear that and maybe be encouraged to uh, do a little bit uh, more in their picking. I'm encouraged. I so know. Me too. Won. I've learned from you just in this <laughs> interview. It's been great. Right. Right. All right. Well, so how can our listeners find you? Where are you at? YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all the other socials and uh, anything you got coming up that we should know about? Yeah, YouTube especially. I'm Reseller Madness on YouTube. I post uh, as, as often as I can, but uh, we got a lot of videos in progress right now that I'm looking forward to putting out. One is a, um, a review on the disc resurfacer, the Easy Pro by JFJ. And it's something that okay. I use a lot to fix the discs that I buy at yard sales that are a little less than perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm working on that one. That'll be out in a little while. And I put out shorts from time to time too for kicks. You can find me on okay. Instagram, but really YouTube's kind of the best place. Reseller madness. Perfect. All right. Hey, well, we really appreciate you joining the show and uh, giving us all the tips and yes. stories and zombie makeup and Sacramento farmer's market, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the, the what farmer's market? I'm you, not familiar. You're the one that banned us from talking about <laughs> it and you've said it the most. Making fun Tell of it. I'm poking fun. It's ridiculous. You uh -oh. want to talk about that on this show. <laughs> guys, thank you so much. This has been a huge joy. I love getting to meet you guys and chit chat. All right. So what'd you think about that? Man, I, I knew that guy was going to be a character, but Jeez, I really enjoyed that interview. He's a great guy. And I, you know, I have to apologize a little bit. I didn't realize that you didn't know that Denial's was a farmer's market and swap meet, not just a farmer's market. So, yeah, we talked about that afterwards where I was joking about the farmer's market thing and I was joking about the weather things. I thought that the storms in California were going to come up. But yes, to me, like a farmer's market is a farmer's market, but apparently that is not the case in Sacramento. Yeah. Well, I, you know, like I said, it's probably starting off as a farmer. It started off as a farmer's market, but it moved into much, much more. It's just a, it, it's a large garage sale. Do you know how to explain it? It's just a big okay. old swap meet and a, like a block party garage sale. They got food, they got music, they got all kinds of stuff. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to yeah. check that out. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll probably fly into Sacramento. I'm thinking at least once this year, but we'll see. We'll all see. Right. 
You guys so. don't have anything like that up where you're at? Big flea markets? We, yeah, we just don't call it a farmer's market, right? They have a, we've got a big flea market, and there's one kind of northeast of Denver. Mm-hmm. But it feels like there's like half the vendors there are legit, and the other half I'm just like buying stolen goods, essentially. <laughs> oh, that's sketchy. I hate that. Yeah. Feeling. So I, I'm just like, yeah. It's either that or you're buying Chinese knockoff stuff. Like it's all little trinkets and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some pretty specific things and I, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm new to that arena, so I could probably find some better things, but I don't know. Let me ask, do they sell any kind of produce at this place that you're at? They do, but it's again, like kind of like what you were saying after we had this conversation, like it's a small percentage of the whole right. thing. Right. And so, yeah. and it's never been described as a farmer's market and yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I get it now. I was a little naive. So thank you for, for clarifying yeah. for me. But. You know, it's pretty cool that Will even said that he, he was actually able to flip one of his things. He bought one from one vendor and flipped it at another booth. That was right. Kind of cool. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. If it's big enough, man. Yeah. You don't know what your neighbors are selling, I suppose, but yeah, exactly. um, that was cool. Uh, it was cool to find out that he, you know, he used to work on some movies, even though he wasn't super proud of at least one of them. <laughs> and he had some really good tips in there for sure. What do you think about wearing the crazy hat to a garage sale? You know, when he was talking about that, that made me think about the time that when we were, uh, when we went to the to the outdoor retailer show and you and I had the same shirts on, right? We went mm-hmm. garage selling. And right. how many people came up to us and started talking to us just because we looked different and we uh, we stood out from other people that were coming up to the yard sales. So I remember that being true garage selling, not so much for the outdoor retailer show. Am I, am I misremembering? No, no, no. That's what I meant was out at the garage sales, the people okay. that were walking up to you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I could see that totally working out. And it and it defuses people, you know, with a goofy hat on like that, immediately mm-hmm. they're defused. They're not... Maybe some people, when you walk up to them, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to, he's going to try to barter with me. He's going to try to get me down on something. And then when you see something with a hat on like that, you're like, oh my gosh, that's the last thing I'm thinking about. You know, it's like, why are you wearing a goofy hat? I'm not even worried about what you're trying to get from me. Right, right, right. That being said, I'm not, I'm not wearing the goofy hat. I'm not wearing it. (laughs) It's his thing, man. I'm not going to take his thing. We all got our own things. I I did. I, I was even trying to like mentally practice to say things the way that he did where he's like, cause he's a super smiley uh, guy and he's like, would you take $2? Like after they had offered, you know, they said yeah. it was five, like how about two? And I'm like, the that's inflection. not my voice or my demeanor. And so I think that that would totally work for him. And you know, I don't know. We've talked about like the villains out there that's, they're just, they come across poorly so they could probably take some notes here, but I don't think we qualified. I think we kind of just have our own style. Yeah. Yeah, did you recognize that he was talking about a couple villains in that story too? Well, I don't know if there were villains, but he had characters, I guess, in his back in his uh, garage selling stories. Like the person that that cost him time, the right, the weightlifter, the big weightlifter guy. That's not a villain. That guy's just like yeah, as a character. He's a character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, the guy, the guy that cost him time, like, like where he's, where you know, he's haggling over the price for whatever the PlayStation system, and it cost him two hours. I don't think I would wait that line. I would just say, why don't you think about it? I'm going to come back. Yeah. And then why, would, why would even, why would you even put out products like that? If you weren't going to sell them and Will said, he even offered them his, his original asking price and he still don't want to go for it. I'm like, yeah. why, why put your stuff out if you're not going to sell it? That's ridiculous to me. Yeah. And, and it sounds like a lot of stuff. So that doesn't sound like it was a mistake. Sometimes I've seen people put things out for by mistake and they're like, Oh, I didn't realize that was out with such and such. And then it's, 
kind of a, I don't know. It can be yeah. kind of a mess, but there's been times and for sure, yeah, you want to buy something and it's just not for sale for whatever reason. So I don't know. Yeah. But I wouldn't, yeah, two hours is a long time. So that is too long. I really enjoyed talking to the guy and we're really getting to meet a lot of people and know the different personalities out there in garage selling. Man, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the characters. Been, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, for sure. So, so well, uh, you told me a little story that you had something that you've been selling or that you sold recently that you thought I might find interesting. Is that, is that true? Yeah, I did. So even though I was sick and I was working and all that stuff, I was still selling, moving a bunch of products, like moved a bunch okay. of Christmas stuff. This one thing in particular <laughs> that I sold, <laughs> laughing about the Christmas stuff, it's still moving. Because because we're we're in uh, late January now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost February. We should be selling Valentine's stuff. Why is Christmas stuff? Moving? Right, exactly. No, I, everybody's saying that Christmas stuff moves all year long, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay, all right. Sorry. It makes, you know, that, that place where I picked up all the, the little miniature trees, they probably had another hundred of them there at that estate sale. I wish I would have bought all of them because I bought them all for a mm. buck. And I've been selling right. them for ten and twelve bucks a piece. So oh, I know, and I yeah. I bought like well, twenty that, of them. Yeah, that's the live and learn situation. I think one of our scenarios was something along those lines, where I was like picking through stuff and and really like I should have been like, what's the price for everything? And then you get you know mm-hmm. probably get it for under a buck a piece and do better on that. So yeah, yeah, makes me wonder yeah. what they do with that stuff after the state sale. You know, did all that stuff go to the junk? Did it all get thrifted? Donation, like, donation. Yeah. Right. So what, okay. What was it? What would you sell? (laughs) Getting on to the story, getting on the last part. So is, uh, you know, the personal locator beacons for when you're backpacking and they're called, uh, mine was called a spot, but they have Garmin's, they have all Mm -hmm. kinds of Zolios, all that stuff. Well, I had the spot for a really long time and it was just the simple model. It, It was a press SOS button. It was a tracker, but you couldn't text or two way communicate at all with it. And then all the new technologies coming out and the other ones are getting so much cheaper. And I was like, I really want the text message one. So I bought the Garmin, uh, the Garmin in Garmin message, iMessage, I think it's called. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, what do I do with the spot? You know, I paid $199 for it eight years ago, probably. And I've mm-hmm. used it all these years, right? So I'm like, what do I do with right. this thing? And before I would have just thrown that thing away. I wouldn't have even thought. What? Are you serious? Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Oh my god! I can't believe how much money I've thrown away over the years, just not knowing it. Yeah. And so I'm like, shoot, if I can sell an empty iWatch box, I should be able to sell Mm -hmm. this spot, right? It should be no problem. (laughs) And I put it up and I sold it within 15 minutes. It was gone. You know, I sold it for like 30, 30 bucks plus shipping. Yeah. I think That's it was great. 30 bucks. It was whatever the comparables were around. It was real close. Yeah. But A it, plus, man. It's just amazing how much stuff we can actually sell that we just, we have all around us that we don't even know that we can mm-hmm. sell. You know, it's, it's that I would Yeah. And away. timing is key on that stuff, right? So once technology improves, there's a little bit of lag time before everybody has access to it. Yeah. So for example, um, Apple has a new, or I don't know how new their phone is, but their whatever their four, their 14. iPhone 14 Pro yeah. is, right? And for me, I like to do a lot of video stuff, and that actually replaces a lot of the video camera stuff that I have. Oh, but I don't own that phone yet, and I'm still like I've got over a year and a half left to pay off my existing phone. Mm-hmm. So I think once I've 
made my last video and I'm kind of on the runway to, you know, basically getting that phone, I'm going to start, I'm going to sell the camera stuff as soon as possible because that's starting to start to lose value once phones, you know, replace it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're on the iPhone four still, right? So that'd be a, the four is a great one, man. Pretty, that's, pretty good like, upgrade. that's one of my favorite ones. You still have a year and a half to pay off, paid it off, huh? It takes, yeah, it takes a while. Jeez. Man. All right. <laughs> Paying like a buck a month, right? It just takes All a right. Time. That's, a, that's a good point <laughs> to bring up our, our sponsors, right? We have a sponsor, sponsor spot available. Reach out to us. And Who, Apple? Are you saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apple, sponsor uh, us. I don't, I don't know if we're on the radar yet, but oh, okay. that's nice to think about. Close. For sure. All right, um, my friend, that's all that I had. You know, it's kind of exciting. I'm glad things are still selling. Everybody's kind of saying that everything's slowing down right now on eBay. How are you doing on mm -hmm. eBay? Are you selling still? Um, About through my inventory. I've got, so I have something, I don't want to say what it is, but I have something on eBay that has been on there for like, I think it's at least three weeks. Okay. And Ooh, which is long for forever me. for you. It's yeah. forever for me. It has 27 watchers. Oh, wow. I've never, I've never had that many before. Usually when I hit four or five, they sell sometimes before that, if it gets above 10, they, they typically sell pretty fast after it hits that 10 mark, but 27 right. and it's just sitting. And so right. it's, I'm begrudgingly lowering the price like dollar by dollar trying to just to move this thing. Cause it's a big box yeah. already packaged it up, but isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is. Yeah. So that is, I get one or two watchers and I get all excited. It's going to sell. It's going to sell. Know, and then it's still, it's still sitting there though. My yeah. stuff's still sitting there. Uh, yeah. I can't I go down anymore on the price either. I know how cool. it goes, my friend, but, uh, yeah, we'll plug away. Maybe next time our next episode, will, it'll be, it'll have sold and I'll tell you how much I had to lower the price. So we'll see. Nice. Yeah. So are you planning on, uh, stocking up more next year for inventory to last you through the winter time? Yeah. With our season though, it's like, I, I don't really typically even get a chance to to start to like dip my foot in until April. I don't have any other sourcing. I, that's yeah. I got to figure out more sourcing. I've, I've, I've checked out some thrift stores. I'm just not good at that area and we don't have the best yeah. thrift stores around our house either. So their, uh, their thrift store prices are up to eBay prices. Now these days anyways, right, it's not really a right, big right, right. bargain. So, but uh, yeah, we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned with that. And um, that's all I got. That's all I got too, man. So, Remember right. to check us out. Do you know that we got verified over on Twitter? We're we're Twitter verified now. We got the blue yes. check mark. So check us out on Congrats. our social medias at the Pickers Podcast, <laughs> or you can leave us a voice more at a text. We have a phone number in the show description below. And then over on Twitter, which I think is where we're, I'm going to be plugging a lot here recently or here, here in the near future. Near future, it's the Podcast Pickers. Pickers Podcast was already taken, so they gave me Podcast Pickers. Find us over there and connect with us. All right. All right, fellow pickers, go find your own treasures one story at a time. And remember, it's not reselling unless you went to Denial's Farmer's Market and Swap Meeting.